0: Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'm joined as always by my good friends Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Richard and Michael like to debate, discuss, discern, and uh, generally argue about the top of any given topic. This week's no different as they discuss the Mount Rushmore of bad airport behavior. But they're not discussing it and debating it and discerning it with each other. They're debating it and discussing it with a longtime friend well-respected colleague and all-around good guy, Chris Carey, who's in our studio. Chris, how you doing?
1: Doing very well.
0: Now, is it true that you chose this topic?
1: I chose this topic.
0: What made you choose it?
1: I was at the airport and was annoyed.
0: <laughs> and end a podcast. Ernest Hemingway is in our studio today. That's fabulous. What? Baby shoes for sale. <laughs> I think we are the saddest, saddest words. I think we all, uh, you know, experience these public spaces, especially ones where you have relative anonymity, because wherever. Uh, the people who you meet, you're not going to know them for long. They're going to be around you for a few hours at most, and then you're off on your merry way. So you're not building a relationship or establishing your character amongst those people. So we are often at our worst on freeways, on public sidewalks, in hospital radio waiting rooms, and in airports. W- was there something specific that happened? That-
1: um, I don't want to go into too many details because it tips off one of my uh,
0: one of my selections. Okay, but I yeah, nice say- try, Jeff. <laughs> No. Well, we should jump right into it then. So uh, if Chris chose the topic, uh, but is also the guest, does he still go second? Uh,
2: you're the judge. After I you. don't know. Don't okay.
0: Do- uh, uh, I think uh, we should let you uh, um, guys go first because then Chris can just beat up on you. So I'll, I'll okay. buy that. Yeah, uh, that okay. sounds good. All right. I'll go. All right.
3: I'll, I'll jump in with our first one. And this is anytime someone tries to cut to the front of the line of the queue to get and get. Onto the plane, uh, like okay. the boarding line. Yes, yes. Can
2: we? Let's back up just a, a quick. We have a bit of a story to tell, and we ours is uh, a story of a singular business traveler. Don't let's tell call it. it. Don't tell no, it. No, let's dance it. Let's call it. him. Let's call him Chris. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. This is All a Chris. Right. No, it's a Chris, Chris with a K. Different Chris. begins uh-huh. with a K. Oh, okay. Uh, you know what? That's. That is rude. We'll call him Mr. Carey. Okay. But it's uh-huh. spelled totally differently. Totally different. Yeah. McCarry. Uh-huh. Is yeah. it McCary? Chris with a K, McCary with three Ks. Okay. <laughs> Wait okay. a second. This, oh, that uh, sounds a little uh,
0: weird. This uh, completely uh, symbolic, anonymous, not our guest, Chris. Correct. Something uh-huh. ha- something happened to this Imagine person. this guy. Okay.
2: Businessman from some awful town in the yeah, Midwest.
0: Handsome, pretty yeah. eyes, yeah. tall. All of that. Okay. okay. It's not you, Jeff. Oh, sorry. Or, or no. is it? No.
2: <laughs> let's... let's Back up. Okay. okay. It's a handsome businessman named Jeff Hopkins.
0: Okay. <laughs>
3: Good job. It's oh, so, totally going to fall so it, for it.
0: Is this person our straw man throughout the whole entire podcast? Is that what it is? Yeah. Or is this just for this it's story? Our straw man. I don't know. It's okay.
3: a crappy joke that I started off with. Come I love on. it.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay. We'll
3: continue to plow through this. Okay. So Chris McCary with three Ks.
0: <laughs> Has been cut in front. Yeah.
3: He is there and he is, you know, he knows he's got his boarding ticket for group two. And he is very patient Mm -hmm. and he understands the rules. He knows he's there. No point in getting ahead. And as soon as they open boarding, somebody comes barging ahead and tries to cut through and get in like as they're boarding, like the kids and the people in wheelchairs or something like that. The
0: families, the service, servicemen and women. Yeah. yeah.
3: Just completely upends the, uh, Mm -hmm. the order of the way things should go. Yeah. And I mentioned this specifically. I, um, I, The majority of my business travel happened uh, when I was working in public relations, and specifically when I was working at an agency um, where my boss was a legitimate crazy person. Okay. She was a pathological liar. Mm-hmm. and I, I. Oh, you've I, talked about her before. I've talked about her yeah, before. Yeah. And she also was somebody who just didn't really follow like societal norms when it came to things like not barging in front of people to get on a plane. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even on flights where you needed to like like a Southwest flight where it's like kind of a cattle car, you know, scramble for the best seat sort of thing. Mm-hmm. She'd do this on, on, on flights where we have our own ticket just because she would get panicky about her being able to get her carry-on in the right spot. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as they had opened boarding... She would just jump to the front, try to, like, wave her, like, pass <laughs> almost under the bar scanner as quickly as she could and yeah. just try to run through the gate. And even if they tried to call after her, she'd like, yeah, 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 sorry, and, like, just uh-huh. keep going. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, I'm there traveling with her, and I am, by nature, a rule follower. Yeah, I, I know you may not seem like it from my cavalier, you know, mm-hmm. rebellious attitude here on this <laughs> podcast, but... I am the type of person who if I'm in downtown LA here and I will sit there and wait for the you know the the walk guy, the walk guy to yeah. show up, even if there's like no cars coming and everyone else is just jack yeah. walking. You're being stabbed by a uh All of Richard's a little, a all of addict. Richard's
2: punk rock cred is just out <laughs> the window right now.
3: Hey I'm a very polite punk <laughs> rock cred. <laughs> um so I am I'm just by nature, I just don't I I I I think there's a natural order of things that we all agree on as a yeah. society. Yeah. And so to see her do this, then I would sort of be half expected to follow her in. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And I would just say, okay, I don't like doing this, but then am I going to look like a bad employee if I don't do this? (laughs) Yeah. So it got me caught between these two Mm -hmm. things. And I just I a lot of times I would go to the bathroom and just let her. Yeah. Like when it was boarding time, I, I I discovered if I just decided I had to go to the bathroom at the last minute and didn't mm-hmm. come back until boarding was already halfway through, I didn't have to deal with yeah. it at all. Yeah, and I just it never made sense to me. Like I said, if it was if it was like the Southwest thing where you're trying to get a better seat, maybe I understand that a little oh, bit.
0: Oh, you you've got an assigned seat, but uh, yeah, yeah, we had an assigned She's seat. Struggling for overhead space, so, that, anything, and, yeah, and
3: and and just not being in 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 the terminal. I don't know. Yeah, it was bizarre.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Don't discount the the overhead space. I I uh-huh. did a lot of traveling, and that was always there was a race to get there. And yeah. you would see people just throw it up in the very first bin that you could, and basically just even if they were sitting in the back, they'd throw it in the first one so they didn't lose out on a spot to put their rolling uh-huh. bag up there and then have all sorts of uh, leg room in the in the, in the plane. Yeah, yep. I always
3: appreciate the person who tries to put like two bags above when you're supposed to have the second one like under your seat. Yeah, and then the you know the the flight attendant comes by and there what i do what do you mean there's plenty of room i do
2: like the idea that uh airlines uh kind of have this antiquated notion of uh like politeness and like well you know the women and children or you know uh families with small children should go first and the elderly and uh you know uh someone in a wheelchair let's let police everyone let's let them and then the, i like the i like the person that's like no way! No way! Yeah, <laughs> this, yeah. That, that doesn't apply to yeah. me.
0: Uh,
3: what, this is the person who who like you know pushed the kids out of the way to get mm-hmm. into the life lifeboat in the Titanic. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. person.
0: There, Your boss was Billy Zane, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and do you find that sometimes that behavior comes from a person who would be fairly well mannered in another situation? No. Okay. All right. No, okay. I don't yeah. think
3: so. I think generally it comes from like Michael said. It's the same person who. Drives up to the front of a, a giant line. It's the same person who, like, you know, has twenty-five items in the yeah. fifteen-item or less line at the store. It's that. It's
0: that. They're guy. universally entitled to more than others get. Or, or, or,
2: yeah. yeah, and just have They're, found a way to sort of play, pl- play mine first jukebox guy oh, yeah, we've, that we've, that we've, okay, that we've yeah, all okay. that we've talked about is like universally hated. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, so, gentlemen, uh, good luck in this uh, game because you got an expert. You got your competition. You get your uh, work cut out for you, because here comes Chris Gary with his number one choice. All right, um, so just, I didn't quite do categories, but it was close. Yeah.
1: Um, I spent bas- the uh, first four years of my career outside of college traveling extensively. I in the first year and a half, I flew. I think it was one hundred and thirty thousand miles. Oh wow! Um,
3: I lived at this with... at once. Yep, it's a long <laughs> flight.
0: Uh, this is your captain. I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> we got another week before we land. We're out of beverages. We're out of fuel. We just coast
1: (laughs) So now all of my traveling is basically just for fun. It's traveling with a family. So the first one that I have here is something that is incredibly annoying to me as um, a father and as somebody who's traveling with my family. And that's kind of the close cousin to Richard's first pick, which is gate crashing. It's...
3: Ooh.
1: They call... All right, we're now boarding group one, and everybody with a ticket that says group six lines yeah. up into a giant semicircle <laughs> yeah. and creates a, like an impenetrable barrier. Yeah. And it used to annoy me a little bit when I was a business traveler, but usually I had enough status that I was in group one or group two, so mm-hmm. I could pretty much just cut right through them all.
2: Look at Mr. One or Two over here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but when I, now that I'm traveling with my wife and my daughter, my wife is carrying my daughter and whatever gigantic bag full of toys to keep her quiet on the flight, and mm-hmm. I'm carrying. A stroller and a giant car seat, and so it's not easy to navigate through a giant crowd without, yeah, uh, without knocking people over. Yeah. and at first it was really, I tried to be polite, and then eventually you realized you just got to steer into this kid and start <laughs> taking people out. Right. And, Do you th- feel like the fact
2: yeah, the fact that you've like uh, augmented the child seat to have like spikes on it yeah. is is wild? <laughs> that it has like those things, like those little prods that like yeah. keep people away.
3: Yeah, like 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 Ben Hur, the chariot, <laughs> yeah, <with> the, <laughs> things to stick out.
0: You know, I don't, I, I'm intrigued by the poor behavior that we're discussing because, you know, the airport is a public space, but your, your, your poor behavior is visible to to everyone. But I think like the things that are, are about an airport that are different than other uh, spaces we might go to, even like a public space, like in another part of the city you live in is everybody who's there is going somewhere else. And they may not even be from there. Maybe they're on the way from somewhere else, and you won't—you don't have to build a reputation with those people. And like the airport, airport bars open like 6 a.m. <laughs> There's people drinking at 8 a.m. at an airport bar. It's just this not place that does not obey normal rules. Yeah, but the rules actually, of space and time yeah. kind of just go out the window. But why you would ever think I need to claw my way in front of this woman holding a baby? <laughs> that's
1: not—it's everybody does it, and it's they want to fight to get there. Get whatever they can up into the yeah. overhead bin and not have to put it at their feet. It's <laughs> it's you have a few hours of forced anonymity coming up. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, well, I think it it is it. that is interesting to me. You mention that because yes, these are people you never have to deal with again after this airport world. Except you're going to be a, on a plane with these people for yeah. an hour, hours yeah. maybe, yeah. and all kind of trapped together. Yeah, and it's um, it's in other situations like that, people would be extra like. Courteous yeah. or like thinking about like yeah. what other people are going to think of me that I'm going to be trapped in this space with. Yeah. Except on the airport, man, they don't, I'm going to be an asshole and I don't care if you guys sit next to me. I'm going to just wear it. Yeah. And yeah. Care.
2: You're, you're going to pass the guy in 22C on your way
0: to the bathroom and you, you're you going to shoot him daggers yeah. every time. I don't think you would be a dick on your way into an elevator because <laughs> you know you're going to be standing right next to that person
2: you are a dick to. Uh, I'm always amazed though at, you know, this is, I'm always amazed that when you are. Getting off of an elevator How many people are pushing on And you're like Man you are fighting (laughs) against What's going to make this A faster trip for you You know that I've got to get off If you're going to get on before me I got
3: to I'm going to push through you I wonder if It it, would be like You're putting the two liters of cokes, uh, uh, Like on top of the, the bread, yeah. the whole <laughs> thing stacking wrong is what it is.
2: I wonder what it would be like to be the person that just doesn't get off the, es- the elevator. Yeah, and they're stuck at the back, and they're just like, "Yeah, I'm going up to 24 now." So, <laughs> okay, Michael and Richard, what's your second? Um, our second pick is um, holding up security.
1: Oh, okay, that's also mine. Ooh. Is it? Yes, oh, good. Okay. My
2: number one. We have been living within a world of post 9/11. Uh, airport checks and extra two hour. You've got to be at the airport two hours ahead, and if yep. you're flying internationally, maybe it's three hours ahead. Uh, by now, you should know that you might be taking off your shoes or belt buckles or emptying your pockets. And the person that's in line that just doesn't pay any attention to this is amazing. Mm, that they either they right. they maybe this is the first time they've flown. It's doubtful, but just that you don't have that knowledge to go in and. And then go through the extra motion of like, oh, I got to take off my belt buckle too. What? I got to take my shoes yeah. off
3: now. I have to turn my phone off. I, like, Wait, my, 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 my laptop goes where exactly? <laughs> Even though they've been in this line for 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh-huh. At least. And they're passing sign upon sign. Sign upon says, sign. Depending where you're at. They got Remain the, seated, the, please. If you're in Vegas, they got the wacky video with Carrot Top <laughs> telling you to do it. And with lots of props. A
0: woman. In ill-fitting costume, I've told you many times, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> now is the time. Okay, sorry.
3: Yeah, and, 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 and it you're- It's like I was there. It's <laughs> like I'm at the airport, man. I And you're watching people ahead of you do this yeah, same yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. But people are like, they get into the security line, and they just like, go away. Mm-hmm. They like just they they just shut down. Yeah. Because being in a security line is so awful Mm -hmm. and so frustrating to be the person who's in it, waiting for that. And and, and my my best part is my favorite is the person who complains with how slow security is. Yeah. And God, come on, people, get get it together up there. (laughs) And then they get to the line and they've been so busy complaining about it. Boarding pass. Wait. Wait, hold on a second. You need (laughs) to see my ID. What? Yeah, that that person. Uh,
1: this was the exact choice that led me to do it. I had gotten out of security, <laughs> and I was in there, and I heard somebody complaining. Wait, I have to take my shoes off. And I was like, It's been 16 years since 9 yeah. 11. 16 years since the shoe bomber. Yeah, you can't be surprised by it. Yeah, I stand there in line, and I am like, as soon as I get into the queue, I'm taking my belt off, sticking mm-hmm. it in a bag, taking everything out of my pocket, sticking yeah. it in my bag. Pants
3: are off too.
0: Open it up. It's weird. <laughs> Chris <laughs> gets weird with it. Hey, oh, yeah. hey, hey. Safety Vigilance. is our first priority. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, one one thing I will say about some of these choices is that I, I do find it fascinating that we are kind of when you when you enter into the airport, you're now entering into this dystopian, um, essentially a slaughterhouse. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> all oh, yeah. of our rights were being we're being lined up and funneled into this metal box, and the airport airline flying experience, has been gradually diminished over the years where it started off as this kind of luxurious thing where you were uh, wined and dined and treated like a king. Now every right has been removed. Every every comfort has been removed. But in light of that, should we not be more civil to each other? But at some point I can think, is it, is it even though the airport has treated us so poorly, shouldn't we be nice to each other? Is that one of the reasons why we, we long for a return to civility? inside this place
2: well it's great because there's like this not great but there's this absolute like power grab within the airport where Uh you you don't have any you don't have the same rights that you do outside of an airport that you do inside you don't have the same rights you know 500 feet from the airport as you do yeah Yeah. because right outside they, they count that as the same and uh i think when you're in line too i think the person that uh doesn't follow along also gets that thing in their head where they're uh it's different from airport to airport. Uh-huh. So maybe they take their belt off at one airport and they don't have to at another. And then yeah. suddenly, uh, I like when that person suddenly gets angry that they don't have to do something <laughs> that they did have to do at, yeah. at McCarran or whatever. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, just be happy you don't have to take your shoes off for once. Right. When other people aren't taking their shoes off and you start to take them off, like, just be okay. Like, okay, maybe... I- maybe this is fine instead of like <laughs> going off on you know an insane rant uh-huh.
0: hey here's some good news for you the listeners of mount rushmore podcast audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you yes you the opportunity to check out their service you could check out attention all passengers the truth about the airline industry by william j McGee. That's right, with Audible, you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash Rushmore with over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Rushmore for your free audiobook. Um... Hey, you know what's a great thing to do while you're standing in line at the airports? Listen to podcasts and listen to the Mount Rushmore podcast. So please download, rate, and review all of the past episodes of the Mount Rushmore podcast before you get on your next flight. And Maybe it'll help you keep your modicum of chill as somebody's trying to fight you to be first off the plane after you land and uh, stuff like that. Um, you can also, while you're landing, after, while you're sitting there waiting for the plane to empty, go on Facebook. And join the discussion on the Mount Rushmore Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. If you just search uh, Mount Rushmore Podcast, you'll probably find all of those things. So we are back. So uh, Michael and Richard are trying valiantly to uh, compete against the guy who thought up this very subject. And that is Chris Carey, our guest on this episode of Mount Rushmore Podcast. Um, Michael and Richard, what do you have for your third choice?
3: Our third choice?
2: Uh, comes right about out of our second choice.
3: Yeah, it kind of dovetails nicely, I believe.
2: And that's security or ticketing being just
3: awful, power-hungry people. Oh, yeah. Now, And I will also, by the way, throw airport police into this. Mm-hmm. The airport cops outside, like when you're trying to park to pick somebody up. Uh-huh. Yeah. The worst. Oh. The it's, absolute worst. It's not just the people that are traveling
2: that are awful people in the airport. It's people that work there, too. Yeah. That there is a... We get it that that maybe they're not paid as much, but yeah. for those you know few moments, they kind of take that power uh-huh. back a little bit. Uh-huh.
3: And as and as we've as we've been discussing and will discuss, the airport is full of awful, awful passengers. Yes. so I get that. Yeah, they have to deal with shitheads. Yeah, they have eight, to eight de- hours a day, you know, five days a week. They but. have
2: to deal with a guy that's complaining that they don't have to take their shoes off all of a sudden. Uh huh. And now it's uh uh-huh. It's time you, for them
0: to get a little bit of a revenge. Do you think that the—is the, the uh, is it a little bit of an overuse of the f- kind of the—I guess if there was a—it's a sil- not a syllogism. What is it that 9-11 happened uh, on a plane, planes come out of airports, they work for airports, therefore anything you do that they don't like means you are a terrorist? Is that some of the authority? I don't think
3: these guys are even <laughs> thinking that far ahead because, look— Most of these guys got this job because they used to be working at like, you know, DSW shoes shoes or something.
0: Making sure this both these loafers are a size 12. Right. And then their
3: their buddy Tony or their cousin got a job at TSA and was able to get them on. Okay. No offense. No offense to our TSA uh, agent uh, listeners on the podcast. Yeah. But it's not the most stringent requirements and I don't think most of these people consider themselves to be the last line of defense against domestic terrorism <laughs> they're just guys who are there because there's decent union benefits uh-huh. Uh-huh. so yeah it, it, when they get a chance somebody gets a come up comes up and has a question about whether or not is it, does you know toothpaste count as a liquid or what do I yeah no well can't you read the rules Stop. <laughs> they're not doing that because they're concerned that these 65 year old woman from like you know iowa who's flying out for the first time in her life there's that is actually a terror the the toothpaste terrorist you know we had
1: a a christmas we were going home and my wife was traveling it was my wife was pregnant she was we had our toddler and i'm going through security with him as well my wife's like i don't want to do the x-ray scan and it's a 4 a.m or a 6 a.m flight so we're there at 4 in the morning Mm -hmm. nobody's happy but we're trying to be polite we're trying to keep our daughter polite She goes walking through. She's like, I need to go through in the regular, just the metal detector. Mm -hmm. The guy is, he's like, I know you're going through the metal detector. And she's like, yeah, I'm pregnant. I don't want to go through the x-ray. And he's like, no, that's not why you're not going. And is like, proceeds to berate her for why that's why she's not going through and holds her up for a good, like 30 seconds to a minute to tell her, no, no, you're not going through there because you have a toddler with you. And it's like, that's great. Could she have just done that? Yeah. (laughs) But it's. Basically, it's the idea of you get somebody who has no power outside of there, yeah. give them a little power, and
2: yeah. they are going
3: with it. It's the Stanford experiment brought yeah, to, yeah. to horrifying <laughs> life at airports all across
2: the country. You'll, you'll
0: shock you, your fellow. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: At the airport, too, it kind of has that same thing, especially if you go in with like a ticket and you go to the ticket encounter or check in and they don't have your name. And who knows how you booked your ticket, yeah. whether you booked it through a travel agency, which doesn't exist anymore, yeah. or you book it through you know, hotels.com or through the airline directly. There are so many systems that are being integrated. And the person that is just there to take your ticket has to deal with like, I don't know how, I don't know how you got to this spot in front of me where you're yelling at me, but now I'm going to yell back at you. And the only reason you're getting on this plane is because of me. And so I'm, I can't believe you're being awful to me. So I'm going to be awful to you now. Yeah. But the other person
3: is, you know, the, the passenger is just wants to get on the damn plane. Yeah. Everyone just wants to get on the damn plane. I
1: yeah. so I used to get flagged as a drug mule all the time. If you're traveling <laughs> as a single guy in your twenties and you're not tra- you don't have a carry on, they or don't have checked luggage. They instantly think you're a drug mule. So apparently they thought I was doing the uh, Omaha to San Francisco route, like, Every week. <laughs> oh I would get pulled out of line all the time. Oh, my Whoa. God.
3: The, uh, the, the Omaha to, to San Francisco <laughs> drug trade. You know. Corn. Corn futures.
0: Okay, Chris, your third is what?
1: My third is kind of in defense of. We, we just oh we're very okay. mean to a lot of the employees of the airport, and I want to be.
3: To be fair, loaded. Michael was. He's the one who said it.
1: In in defense of them. <laughs> this right is kind of, of the, the worst place. thing that, uh, that business travelers do, and that's harassing gate agents. Um, The big one being if you travel a lot, eventually they start sending your company or your travel agency or they start sending you upgrade tickets, which means if nobody's bought that ticket or a, a seat in business class, they'll give you a free upgrade. You just have to give them this little ticket. But then you wind up putting your name on a list. And so if you're flying back and forth from JFK to San Francisco on a Thursday afternoon or Friday afternoon, that's everyone on the flight. And so you see these people go up, up. Constantly mm. and harass the gate agent of like, so uh, you think I'm going to get business class? So where am I on this? Where am I on the list? And they just start harassing them. Uh-huh. And, and then that guy leaves, and the next guy comes up and does the exact same yeah. thing. And you slowly see the life, or the will to live, just drain from the poor gate mm-hmm. agent. Yeah. And I, I did it once, and then realized what I was doing, and heard the next three people do it, and went,
0: Uh-oh. oh, never going to do that again. <laughs> I do wonder what it would be like. So uh, ostensibly, an airport is a company that sells a product. Like, if you had this product to sell and then the weather changed in Poughkeepsie and now your product is wiped out (laughs) and you had somebody yelling at you in perfectly sunny uh, Los Angeles, that would (laughs) aggravate the hell out of me.
2: I think one thing about traveling is that you always assume that the ticket person or whoever is interested in how special you are. Yeah. Uh, When we went to Iceland, I remember we were, you know... Talking to the ticketing person or whatever's you're checking in, and you bring your name and your or your, mm-hmm. your you know, ID and everything up, especially internationally. Like, oh yeah, we're going to Iceland for a honeymoon, and just just mentioning for our honeymoon, you suddenly in your mind you build this like. You build this expectation of like, well, of course they're just gonna give you free champagne on the. <laughs> yeah. They they over they yeah. heard that you said you're going you're on your honeymoon yeah. and that they're gonna, you know, most likely, most likely they'll yeah. probably want to upgrade me to first class, right? Just, well, because we're going yeah. on our honeymoon. Uh, neither no. of us we no. didn't get no. any free no. anything or whatever. Like but at,
0: like at Fridays, you'd get a brownie <laughs> with a candle in it or something like that. <laughs> at the, the airport, you get the finger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We As, did, yeah and it, I think
2: I think that just I think that just speaks to your own human it's nature It's in of... the
0: advertising. They advertise in the advertising they show the person putting a comfy pillow behind the person's head as they've gone <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> That's it's never in happened ma- to me. It's in the marketing for the you expect what the commercial says like a burger at the McDonald's you realize it's a smushy mess of what you thought you were going to eat.
2: But then leading back to what Chris said is like you know the business traveler who does it every week builds up their own expectation in their own mind about how important they are. And if they they travel so much, so obviously they need to, they need to, uh, they need to uh, upgrade me, and I'm
1: I'm a premier exec. I'm a premier exec. One K. You say all those things, and then you realize everyone in the terminal is just <laughs> like you.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, guys, um, it's kind of futile. I feel like you are in coach right now, and Chris is in first class. But see if you can work your way up with your last.
3: We're truck. flying Spirit Airlines here. <laughs> oh my <Jeff>. God. <laughs> Believe us, what we're okay. doing.
0: I hope you brought your own seat.
2: No. Oh, have to bring your own seat? We're the guys in the airplane that are like rowing the wings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the old galleys.
3: So our last one is the person who decides they really need to watch, you know, the latest Fast and the Furious movie oh. on their laptop or their tablet or whatever they have. Even if they don't have headphones. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone else within, you know, a... Two hundred foot radius of me, will want to hear it as well, even yeah. if they can't see it. Yeah, clearly, uh-huh. I am providing mirth and entertainment <laughs> to everyone around me. Even the people who look like they'd really like to sleep for an hour before the flight gets here. Now they, their lives will be better off if they can hear Vin Diesel.
0: Have you not seen Fast and Furious? Do you know that's all about family? Taking <laughs> <laughs> so care of your family, as I've heard. <laughs> Jeff Hopkins as Sylvester Stallone As Vin Diesel and the, of the first. Man
3: Jeff is taking over my mantle With the impressions over here isn't he
0: Do you I, I kind of uh, moan the time when the This was I think the first time I flew I was 15 so that was in 1962 And then back then You used to introduce yourself To people on the flight no, oh, no, oh God, no! Yeah.
3: oh, why would you do that? Jeff? I
0: think because flying had a little bit more of a formality to it, or something like that. Like the first flight I ever took, you could actually smoke on a plane, so that's how. Oh wow! I don't know. That was that was a while ago, but was
3: it a Pan Am flight? Did you did you show up in like Did you show up in a suit?
0: It was the Spruce Goose, actually. Oh, okay, I was cool. in the Spruce Goose, the, and I think there was a little bit more of an interaction and recognition of the people around you. Now we're these solitary individuals who... And you're oblivious to the world around you, basically. Yeah. Uh, Is is there other indecencies? Like, one thing that we haven't talked about, um, we've been talking about bad airport behavior, not necessarily bad airplane behavior, Mm. but the... uh, Just that bubble that you're supposed to stay within when you're in your seating area. Right. (laughs) That uh, sounds like this person is violating that
3: audibly. Well, Yeah. yeah. I mean, this person, this could extend... So any number of things that happen actually in the plane, yeah. and you're right, it's sort of they're this, all related. Like this person has their bag on the seat next to them while they're
2: watching something on their laptop. Yeah, they're taking up extra space as well. Uh-huh.
1: Okay, hang on, that's you're encroaching on my. Forehead. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's okay. Bring it, <laughs> it in. Is basically not manspreading, but basically spreading out way too much in the in the uh, yeah in the waiting area.
2: It's rude when they string up like a hammock.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was at a flight not too long ago where a basketball team from a local college, I won't mention which one, but Richard went there. Um, their basketball team was University of Phoenix
3: online? <laughs> DeVry
1: Institute has a basketball team? Was what? Was like laying out across seats. Oh, God. So it's like you have guys who are seven feet tall yeah. laying across like nine chairs, mm-hmm. and then they've got their bags at their feet and their head. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, there's nowhere for me to sit. There's nowhere for my wife. There's nowhere for my daughter. Oh,
0: this was pre-flight. This was boarding. Bo- boarding oh, okay, area, yeah, like yeah.
1: sitting down and then just spreading.
0: Yeah. Just mm-hmm.
3: um, sat on one of them. See what happened. Mm-hmm. These That's, guys
2: must be six foot seven monsters that are just taking up three, three and a half. They're actually Monstars.
3: monstars. Right. I went to the University of Looney Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to bring it up. but I, okay. It, you know, it's like... It, it, I, I I may be encroaching on Jeff's. Let's put a button on this and sort of summarize everything. Uh,
0: I'm going to throw a uh, hand grenade into this right before we summarize. now talk about bad air. Yeah, <laughs> throw a hand grenade. <laughs> See
3: that's when security get, is right to get upset with you. No, I I think Jeff, you brought up just how unpleasant airline travel is yeah. now versus twenty years ago, thirty years yeah. ago, even yeah. ten years ago, and I think people at now they anticipate a pretty miserable flight experience mm-hmm. unless you're in business class or first class which i have flown exactly once yeah. and i wish i hadn't because it broke me for <laughs> airline tra- yeah. travel for the rest of my life yeah so people are so predisposed to the whole experience being miserable yeah that they come into the airport Yeah. With bad attitudes. With their hackles up ready to fight. Yeah, Yeah. just like it's it yeah, it's like I would imagine being in a line for bread in the Soviet Union or something, right? Yeah. Like you just expect this miserable experience Mm -hmm. and so you're ready to be twice as miserable. Yeah to kind of counteract it. Yeah.
0: You don't see a lot of smiley face check-ins from the DMV. Like people on Facebook saying, having fun at the DMV. (laughs) Like people go there. Let me see if I can get a
3: selfie with the guy that's uh, taking my photo.
0: I almost wish that that's the place you could also get uh, a rectal colon exam too because they just get all the miserable shit. Right. (laughs) Once... Um, yeah, so in a way, you already go there saying, it's me versus the airport. Anybody else around me who gets hurt in the process is just a casualty of me fighting the man. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's Collateral damage is I, what it is. These have made some very compelling arguments, and um, one thing that I want to throw into the mix before I do the, kind of the final tally, um, spoiler, Chris is probably going to win. One thing mm-hmm. I want to throw into the mix is that I am the only non parent in the group and I have a little bit of a pet peeve, usually I buckle, but when a family comes on the plane and they all want to sit together and they're not seated together mm. and I understand that traveling, planning for travel happens, can happen sometimes soon, it can happen sometimes late, things can change, they get bumped from one pli- fl- flight to another. But I always feel like a dick if I don't want to move so Caleb can sit next to uh, Trevor and they can be next to their mom and everything. They're a nice little family. Usually, I think y'all should have gotten your seats online already and figured that shit out. Counterpoint.
1: I'm with you. I had that happen on a uh, on a flight from Denver to San Francisco with a couple on their honeymoon. Yeah, they both had e seats right behind or like middle seats right behind each other, and they asked to switch seats with me, and I had an aisle. And you can't say no, Yeah, but I had to say no. A lot of people no. can. <laughs> Maybe you couldn't. I, I said no, got stuck in the very last row in dead center, but the only nice thing was, usually the uh, flight attendants are nice, and
0: they'll yeah. give you a few free drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that? Do you feel like, um, is this an unpopular thing that I brought up? Because I feel like a dick. No, it puts the... you
3: in a bad spot. No. It puts you in the spot of either having to be a dick okay. or give up this thing that you have rightfully, yeah. like you did, you did your job. Yeah. You booked, you... Checked in early, you got booked your flight early, whatever it happens to be. Well,
2: usually the situation too is that it's never something that you're giving up that will benefit you. Like putting Caleb and Trevor next to their mom, Mm -hmm. it means you're sitting in a middle seat. Yeah. Because usually you're not, or you know, you're not giving, you're not getting a seat that is a benefit to you. Somehow it's, it's a downgrade no matter what. So you're just, so like in your head, you're doing that calculus of, well, this, now I got to sit in the middle and I'm six foot one. And like, (laughs) This this is going to be awful, and someone's going to be crawling over me. Like, so yeah. you do that that quick assessment, and
0: then, uh, you know. So, guys, thank you so much. And you know what I love about this podcast? It didn't get into uh, stand-up comedy territory. There was no what's the deal with blank, the food. What is the, the deal with the food? Oh, shit. Okay, guess what? You guys might have had a point until that moment, but now you don't.
3: Thanks, Michael.
0: Um, you're gonna have to split some points with Chris Carey. So, uh, uh, Chris Carey, uh, thank you so much for lending. How many miles do you have under uh, 150 million in your first year? Is that what you said?
1: It's 130 thousand in the first year. I currently have 200 thousand United miles sitting there waiting to be spent. Hey, oh I God. got
3: 10 thousand miles on Alaska <laughs> Air, burning a hole in my pocket right now, guys. So, uh,
0: so th- this is like a good blues song. I got 10 thousand miles burning a hole in my pocket.
3: It's more like a blues traveler. <laughs> a blues song.
0: traveler. <laughs> Um, so Chris, uh, gate crashing, get a point. It's a good
3: ska band, by the way. The gate crashers. The gate
0: crashers, uh, harassing gate agents. Boom! That's just for Chris Carey. That point. Uh oh, we got to split a point. Beam holding up security is split between uh, Chris and and uh, Team Man Winfield. And then um, no headphones. That's a full point for Team Man Winfield. Right. And then is that it that's, that's it. it that's, that's it. it so this has uh oh guys yep. oh my god our flight's taking off Shit! oh god oh no why did we miss the boarding call
3: because i was getting drunk at the bar guys
0: oh i was busy harassing the gate agent Wow, oh, nuts well this has been the mount rushmore <laughs> podcast i have been jeff
3: i'm richard and
0: michael i'm
3: chris Bye.